Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. to Red Sea Roundup on this February 28th, the last day of February. I'm finding that very hard to believe. Um, I am your host today, Pam Marvin, and our producer and all-around good guy is Thaddeus. Good morning, Thaddeus. Good morning, Pam. How are you doing? Good. I was I was kind of gushing to him before we got on air that I got to see his entire family at Mass on Sunday and just, um, wow, awesome. See all of y'all together in one place. I usually see and you. And you or, likewise. Uh, I got to see you and most of your family. Right. Thomas well. was actually there. So we got to see him after Thomas mass. was there and, and Mary and little Dottie. Oh, Annie and Annie Dot. was right, there. Right, right. But you know what? It up. Paul. I was, I was impressed. Thomas actually had on a tie. His father and I looked at each other and said, he's wearing a tie. And we're like, wow, that's great. And then when Thomas saw his dad, he says, boy, Thomas to dad says, Boy, don't you know I taught you better than that? <laughs> Talking about him not having a tie on. <laughs> it was cute, cute, cute. And Father Brian then responds, yeah, he dressed up for Jesus. Mm. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you all looked very happy and healthy and well, and it, it was a pleasure to see you there. Well, I have to say we were... Um, we don't usually go to 7 p.m. Mass, so... Really? No, we it's, do. It's hard for, the, it's hard for mm-hmm. the, the two littlest ones. Usually they are falling asleep and... You know, can't hardly keep their right. Their well, heads up. we're doing some club volleyball these days, so we've been out mm-hmm. of town all morning. But we had a lot of fun because we went over to Texas Children's to visit uh, Gage Lipscomb to see how you know, get yeah. some eyes on him, see how he's doing. He's looking really good, folks. Great. He's looking really good. Great. Hoping he'll be back in the BCS area by the end of this week. Anyway, That'd be really good. I uh, I can speak from I th- I think place of authority on this, but um, you want to make yourself crazy. Club volleyball. Oh, you know, so far it's been okay. We're not on a national team. Okay. <laughs> we're we're, not, just we're gotta, just on a regular around area geez. team. And it, we just, it can get a little bit uh, out of control. Yeah. The demands, the time demands. Right. Well, you know, we decided if we're going to do it, we're going to do it as a family. And so far that has been paying off. The four of us have gone. Because folks, let me just Thomas back up to say. Thomas wears to the No, practices. Thomas doesn't go. Okay. <laughs> He's kind of an adult now. <laughs> okay. But the four of us in the home, so to speak, um, I feel really convicted um, to spend time together as a family. And so that has been a really great way for us really to to unplug and go support one of the daughters. And then we have meals together, which they had too much fun at a little roadhouse we went to. And they were, Paul was just a big kid with the girls and throwing peanuts. You know how they have peanuts and stuff? Mm -hmm. Throwing them at each other. And I was like, please. I was the only grown up around. Yeah. So I was having this. But we had a ball just goofing around with the kids, just really being able to to connect. So as long as I'm able to do that with club volleyball, I'm okay with it. Can we take a, a little bit off the beaten track and can you tell us about the 
the dirt water that you have in this <gasps> oh, b- water goodness. bottle this morning? <laughs> what is that? This is my breakfast. Um, what it's I your have, breakfast? Yeah. It looks like breakfast. pond water. It does, doesn't it? It is a drink supplement. It's a powder shake I put into some water. It is the Moringa oleifera plant, which is known to be the most, if you Google most nutritious plant on earth, you'll come up with the Moringa oleifera. And it, I've really enjoyed it because I have uh, I have an issue with like um, just a lot of cramping, muscle cramping and stuff. It uh-huh. really keeps me up at night and stuff. And I find that having one of these a day really helps to keep those away. And it also kind of suppresses appetite and things like that. So, so a moringa uh, olivera a day, olivera a, a day keeps the cramps doctor away. away. It keeps the cramps keeps away. Keeps the cramps for sure. away. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I will. Um, it tastes pretty good. On. I don't believe that. You don't? Actually, I was kind of sad because they put some cane sugar in do you have it. To be like a, do you have to drink that to be a good Catholic or can you can you skip out on it and still still be okay? Oh my goodness, listen to you. I'm not even going to dignify that with an answer, Thaddeus, as he grabs his coffee. I, would re- I already had my three and a half cups of coffee this morning. My wife and I, she, she started this Lenten penance and it is a penance. Oh yeah? We drink black coffee. Oh yeah, I'm doing that too. Lunch. That's it's worse than not drinking anything. Actually, I think no, it is because it's like it's oh, so I really horrible. don't enjoy this, and you think oh, I need that caffeine. But no oh. offense to you, black coffee drinkers out there. You know, if you well, have you a know, flavor, if you have a taste for it, that's great. But honestly, I can't do it. I did it for Whole Thirty. That was the first time I ever went completely black because I'd always had just a little bit of sugar in mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, I found that I kind of gained a taste for it if it's good coffee. Mm-hmm. Now, poor we coffee. make it with poor coffee. Okay, well, purposely. Then. It's like, you know, walking around with a pebble in your shoe, you know, that kind of idea. It's worse than that. Can yeah. I say it? Okay, yeah. let's be yeah. honest. It is worse than that. It's like the duck duct tape on your arm. And Miranda, you're off. not a black coffee drinker, are you? No, actually, I don't drink coffee. Um, so the caffeine, I try to avoid it because it just really um, does a number on me. Mm. Um, and so I, yeah, I okay. forgo. I do drink green stuff like pans. Um, but not pond water like no, that. No, not quite. Oh, mine mine is a little... Um, I guess more of a almost fluorescent green. Oh, um, yes, like Mountain Dew. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Might, people might think you're just guzzling Mountain Dew out of a water bottle. Or actually, it's a little darker than that, okay. so it might look like a nice lawn, um, <laughs> kind of that green. Ah, <laughs> oh, love. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mine looks like dead grass. Hers looks like live grass. That's there what you go. I'm actually different. the more I look at it, I'm tending towards not pond water, but maybe more like pond scum. I think that's more descriptive. Oh, that's terrible. No. I'm going to make you taste it before we come because it's I really am not, good. <laughs> that is not going down my throat. That's not happening. Oh. Okay. So a okay. little bit of uh, just around the community stuff. Let's start with here in Bryan College Station, penance services coming up. Yep. Yep. Okay. So. What's next? Which March 1st at St. Francis and Franklin Tomorrow. at 7 okay. p.m. March 7th, St. Thomas Aquinas in College Station, 7 p.m. Then you got a little bit of a wait. March 20th, St. Mary's in Hearn at 7 p.m. March 22nd at the Good Shepherd Chapel in Bryan. That's once at 10 a.m. Then if you mess up real bad during the day, you can come back again at 6 p.m. that same night, go to confession again. So 10 a.m., 6 p.m., then March 23rd, last chance, Santa Teresa and Brian at 7 p.m. 
So with the exception of the of the Good Shepherd Chapel, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., all the other services are at 7 p.m. Okay. Mm. You want me to run through that list one more time? Yes. Just, I'll just do it real quick. Okay. March 1st, tomorrow, St. Francis and Franklin at 7 p.m. March 7th, St. Thomas Aquinas and College Station at 7 p.m. March 20th, St. Mary's in Hearn, 7 p.m. March 22nd, the Good Shepherd Chapel in Bryan at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. March 23rd at Santa Teresa and Bryan at 7 p.m. Okay? okay. Then for our Waco Central Texas listeners, that's right. We haven't forgotten about you. You matter just as much. Mm-hmm. So here are your penance services. March 6th at St. Eugene and McGregor, 6.30 p.m. March 15th, St. Jerome and Waco at 7 p.m. Also that same day at St. Mary and West at 7 p.m. Then March 19th at St. Martin and Tours at 6 p.m. I always love that they named the parish in Tours, Texas, after St. Martin, since he's St. Martin of Tours yeah, in France. Makes sense, yeah. Very apropos. March 20th at St. Louis and Waco at 6 p.m. And last chance, March 22nd at St. Joseph and Waco at 7 p.m. So what do you think about that, Pam? Did I miss anything? No, it sounds here like you're pretty good. Here or Central Texas? Well, you know, the other thing that I see that's kind of going on that I've got a big heart for are marriage encounter weekends. So, yeah, yeah that's Let's coming hear about up. That. Um, the Worldwide Marriage Encounter Weekend is coming up April 20th through 22nd and uh, November 2nd and 4th. And this is an emphasis on the communication between husband and wife who spend time together away from the distractions and tensions of everyday life. But for more information, go to austinme.org. So that's Austin Marriage Encounter, M-E. Um, or you can check the St. Joseph website, St. Joseph Church here in Bryan mm-hmm. for that. And this is kind of a area-wide as well. Okay, great. Because I, yeah, I have a big heart for, for uh, the family. Um, just ask me anytime, and I'll think the root of everything that's wrong with our our society, our culture, and everything goes back to the family unit. I mean, I can trace it back. Give me something, I can trace it back. <laughs> um, strong well, fathers, strong families, so important. So I think important. I think it's uh, you know Pope John Paul II and some of the writings of the earlier pontiffs, you know, identified the family as the first cell of society. It's what society is built upon. Absolutely. So problem in the family is going to be reflected in problems in the society. But people don't seem to believe that though. That's the thing. People in our culture don't seem to really believe that. Miranda, you could probably talk to that too. Why people don't believe that. Yes. And I think we're going to get into some of that today. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Well, just a couple more um, area announcements. Uh, These are, these are BCS announcements. So Waco listeners, I guess you can, you know, turn off the sound for a few minutes or something like that. If you want to, I'm sorry, I don't have any any more Waco announcements, but we do have our St. Joseph Catholic School in Bryan. Uh, they want to invite folks to look into um, registering for next school year, 2018-2019 school year. That registration is now open, and there's an early bird discount in effect through March 18th, and they're doing some good things over at St. Joe's. For example, the high school class of 2018 already 100% acceptance to colleges and universities of their choice. Really? That's what Okay. That's what my it's copy right says right here. Right. And and to date awarded over 
$330,000 in scholarships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, I'm going to piggyback on um, the accolades that Michael Walker has received. Now, Michael... Good SAT word there, accolades. Yeah. Um, Michael was a classmate of Thomas's of St. Joseph, class mm-hmm. of, were they, 2014? Mm-hmm. And he's at the U.S. Naval Academy. He is graduating in Anchors top 10. Away, my boys. And I wish Anchors I had all the different things he's done. I mean, he's, he received an award recently that has not been presented to um, in since 1968. He's doing more research and papers. He just got accepted to in the scholarship to go to Cambridge to get his engineering degree. And this wow. is little St. Joseph, Bryan College Station young man. Fine young man. Eagle Scout. What's his name? Again? Michael Walker. You know, Michael Mary, Walker. Mary, Mary and Hank Walker's son. We're all so proud. You know, yeah. our, all his classmates are like, kudos to him. Michael going to be president one day, they say. <laughs> so, yes, St. Joseph produces some top quality folks. Are there top quality people that still aspire to that position in our society today? You are by nature. Excuse me. I'm sorry. God given call. Commentary. I know. We don't want to talk about that. But. It is time to vote. So like next time, next week is yeah, voting state, day, March State, 6th. local, and municipal elections. And as you know, I am a huge fan of taking our responsibility, our, what is it, uh, responsible citizenship very seriously, folks. So if you don't know the facts and what's going on, please go to your favorite resources, favorite friends, and that sort of thing to, to really talk uh, about what's going on. Um, now is a time to be awake. Let's wake up, folks. Make sure that before you cast your vote, you are vetting that person very well, according to your belief system and according to our values as Catholics. And I, I guess also go, go call your municipal government or go onto their website and fi- verify your polling place, right? Make sure that you're registered if you haven't. Oh, yeah. Hopefully everybody's registered. Yeah. And that pond scum was really delicious. It looked, it looked, it went down <laughs> real, real easy. Like it just kind of slid right down. It it's looks sweet. like because it's that scummy. No aspect. It's not scummy. I know you're <laughs> terrible. Um, so okay, last last final announcement. Um, good folks over at EWTN want to invite you to uh, go on a bus pilgrimage, departing from San Antonio on April 24th and returning April 28th. Go down and check out the studios in Irondale and visit the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Hansville, Alabama. Take a tour of the studios. You get to be a part of a live audience with Father Mitch Pacwa's show, EWTN Live. And the price is $660. It includes lodging, transportation, some catered meals and breakfasts. And you can get more information by getting in touch with Ken or Debbie Felder, Ken or Debbie Felder, Ken.deb.felder, F-E-L-D-E-R, at A-T-T dot net. And the registration deadline for that is $200 deposit by March 24th. So you got about a little less than a month to make a decision if you want to do that and yeah, get everyone- more information for them. Everyone I've heard that even just made a private pilgrimage out to Hansville will say it does not disappoint. Really? I mean, it's really on my list for North American pilgrimages. So they say it's just it's it's just really mind blowing about the uh just the, the holiness of it, the mm-hmm. the the 
spirit filled, Mm -hmm. especially um, where Mother Angelica was, where the sisters are, being able to go to their chapel nearby or something and pray. Um, People said it's just it's really an amazing experience. And um, so that's definitely on my North American. So do you all have any North American pilgrimages you all want to go on besides the creme de la creme? The, the Virgin de Guadalupe, the Basilica down in Mexico. That's mine. That's the top of my list. Yeah, I think ready? that's a good one to have at the top of your list for sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm ready. Okay. Well, I think that's going to do for this first little section. Miranda and I are going to come back after the break. I'll introduce her formally and we'll get to talking about the introduction to root sin. What is that anyway? Welcome back. If you're just now tuning in, you are listening to KEDC and KYAR out of Waco. My name is Pam Marvin, and this is Red Sea Roundup. And excuse me, KINF 107.9 okay, in need to write Palestine, the call letters. Texas, yeah. the holy land of Texas. That's right. <laughs> well, this morning, ladies and gentlemen, I have my dear friend, Miranda Wolachowski, Dr. Miranda Wolachowski, Miranda is a clinical associate professor in educational psychology and personal development and a leadership coach. Now, Miranda and I have been friends for quite some time. Well, not, that, not, not that long, 10 years, yes. 8 to 10, close to that, maybe 9. Right. <laughs> so that's what the difference. But she and I both have had um, kind of walking together in our spiritual life. Let's, let me say that. We uh, have been um, using the same type of tools and uh, exposed to the same type of teachings and so forth and so on. And and between the two of us, we were um, introduced to the notion of root sin. And she and I both would say this was just busted open the doors for us. Would you, how would you say that was for you when we started learning about root sin? Absolutely. I, I refer to it as open up, opening up a possibility because I have a tendency to want to understand um, the world um, in order to engage uh, with it, understand myself, and uh, just the concept of denominating something is very powerful. So when you can name something, you can begin to wrestle with it. You can begin to think dim- differently mm-hmm. about it. And so for me, that was key, the just denominating it. So what would you say about like when you first learned about the concepts and you started um, learning them and assimilating them and starting to apply them to your life that you you felt like there was movement in your spiritual life. Well, you, can you, you see what I'm saying there? Like, when do you think, okay, this is really good. I feel like I know myself better and can um, delineate the different types of virtues I want to work on now. I mean, how long would you say that kind of assimilation process happened for you? I really can't recall how long, because I, I think it couples a lot with my interest in, in just self-awareness and consciousness over what one is doing. And so really examining, you know, one's attitudes, behaviors, perceptions, mm-hmm. and because uh, that's, you know, what I do and help others do. And so for me, it was very valuable in terms of that realm, it's just being able to to examine um, at a deeper level. 
Yeah, I would say in my personal journey, um, I am like one of those overthinkers and I will think stuff to death. And again, same way, different kind of approach. I started to be able to name a lot of, you know, why do I keep doing the same, kind of going to confession over the same sin over and over and over again? And this, this whole root sin started to really unpack that. I mean, it really started to shed some light on where I was coming from as a per- human person and to see which way to go. So with that, let's go ahead and start. And by the way, if you have any questions about root sin today, our lines are open and it's 855-683-7332. It's like, what is this root sin stuff and why should I know about it? And we're hoping to really address that today and kind of unpack it just a little bit because we only have about 40 to 45 minutes to do that. So we're just giving an introduction, overall introduction. So if you do have questions, uh, please call in. We would really love that. That'd be pretty awesome. Yes, that would. Okay. With that being said, introduction to root sin. The root sins are? Well, there's a root sin of pride, vanity, and sensuality. So those are the the three root sins. And we can actually, um, you know, go into scripture to get insight on those. And so in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11, um, we're exposed to Jesus confronting these three sins. And so when Jesus is tempted by the devil and is told, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. And then that that encompasses the sin of sensuality. And so sensuality is um, being able to satisfy things that are of the flesh, um, whether it's a food or other desires. So um, that encompasses sensuality. And in terms of pride, he was also tempted there. If you are the son of God, then throw yourself down. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And so in, in that being the desire to test God encompasses the root sin of pride in which we try to become self-sufficient or things, think that we are, and then we challenge God's will or, mm. or you know, we aren't willing to align with it. Um, and then vanity is also covered there. The devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their magnificence and said that these shall be yours, um, you know, if you bow down to me. And so here, the root sin of vanity. And vanity is when we look not so much for uh, pleasing God, but the desire to please others so that we can be held in esteem. Right. And so our worth comes comes from that. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that all of this part is not so much new for, um, we, we didn't come up with it, so to speak, although Miranda made that correlation about the, in the desert, which was really cool because it fit in so perfectly. And, um, but we want to go ahead and kind of quote Father Jonathan Morris, really, really awesome, um, priest who in his book, The Promise does have a section in there that, that goes over the three root sins. And he kind of talks about it as it's um, asking us to set aside time to reflect on yourself and more specifically on your relationship with God and others, because that's what it's tied to is how we relate to other people. And we're coming from a place of sin because of original sin. And if we begin to identify that, we can begin to reduce it with Lord's help. I mean, it does take God's grace. This is not of our own power and by ourselves, but with God's grace through the sacraments of confession, Eucharist, and um, and adoration. 
But let's let's see what Father Jonathan Morris has to say about it. Okay, so the proud person puts himself at the center of his thoughts and priorities. He is self-important and rarely thinks of others first. He has too high of opinion of himself. He's easily annoyed with those who contradict him, is judgmental, and tends to gossip. And very slow to recognize his own mistakes. Can you add to some of these? No, but it's it's basically, you know, I can do all things in me. Instead, right. You know, and that's kind of the, the concept. And um, there's little patience for others. Um, it's more of the concept of I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. Why can't you? Right. And so it really blocks the opportunity to have empathy um, and be supportive of others um, mm-hmm. because it, it does come one comes from a place of judgment. And I've also heard it put very simplistically as saying that you put all your faith, trust, and hope in yourself. Yes. And that becomes very tiring. Oh, and <laughs> so. you know, and, and you know, there's oftentimes I've thought, Miranda, that that's what um, midlife crises are about. Right. You really get to a point where you just can't do it your way anymore. And you need God, folks. I mean, that's truly it. If you are currently experiencing something like, uh, you know, just really a discomfort with your life and the way things have been going, and maybe people around you have said, oh, that you seem like you're going through a midlife crisis, I would venture to say um, you're not putting your reliance enough in God. And so we're hoping to encourage that today. So that's some pride. Now, the vain person... The, the vain person is a people pleaser. I like In my words, I always say a desire. You have a deep desire for human respect. That's how you feel loved is uh, through human respect and the interaction of others. Um, this person is overly concerned about physical appearance, hates making mistakes, especially in front of other people. Success drives him or her. He avoids failure and shame at all costs. Sometimes he avoids making the right decision because he doesn't want people to think badly of him. He either loves attention or shuns it out of fear of failure. And again, the simplistic way to put that one is... Um, if I'm to do it, it must be seen. Um, right. And so then that, that really interferes with purity of intention, even when we are doing God's work. Um, are we really doing it out of a pure intention and motive, or is it because we want to appear a certain way? And um, some people might ask themselves, well, what is the difference between pride and vanity? It seems to to look, um, manifest itself um, similarly. But what you can do is kind of look at it, um, peel the layers, I guess, and look at what the manifestations are and the intention. So, for example, for pride— um, prideful people don't like to be wrong either or told that they are wrong or criticized, but it's more from um, I'm always right and I know the best way, um, that avenue, whereas the person that has vanity that they contend with, it's more that I don't want to look like I am not competent or that I don't know. So it's a little bit of a different uh, subtle nuance there, and that's why it takes examination to mm-hmm. be able to uncover and unveil like what is really driving me and my behavior, my perceptions, my attitude. And the best way, like we talked about it earlier, is um, what are the manifestations in my relationship with God of these and then of self, you know, with myself and then with others. And that kind of begins to open up. 
that understanding. And I want to put a little teaser that toward the end of the conversation, folks, we are going to be talking about simple things you can do to start really counteracting these root sins. We've got some little um, trigger comments or trigger things to have in your brain to help you look at when it's happening and flaring and ways to put virtue there in its place to try and reduce the frequency, so to speak. So y'all stay tuned for that because we will get to that towards the end. But yes, um, the vain person, again, it's the, the un- ungodly reliance on the opinion of others, right? Mm-hmm. And so now we go to the sensual person. And it's been my experience, and I don't know if it's been, I don't know if it's been as much as yours, but in, in the work I've done is that a lot of times we have a close second. You have a primary one, and then you have a close second place. Uh, would you say that's been your experience or oh, not yes. so much? Yes. Well, you know... My root sin is pride. And so in my pride, of course, I didn't see my close second contender. Mm. Um, And when I did, that opened up possibility for a lot of growth work. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, over the last nine years of just uh, being aware of root sins and um, people have heard me before say that uh, working on root sin is like playing whack-a-mole. You really you work on one of them, and sure enough, the mole's going to come up in the other area. And that, that certainly has been um, the case. So, like, if I take my primary root sin of vanity and really work on that and may reduce it, um, not perfect. That doesn't happen until we see the beatific vision, but definitely reduces it. And then here comes sensuality and then eventually pride. So it's like you're doing the whole whack-a-mole thing, trying to, to catch that particular root sin, because that's, that's still part of us as long as we're walking the earth. But the good news is, folks, we can really reduce it. We can reduce it um, with God's grace and God's love and his healing power. Okay, so the sensual person has a tendency to have a lazy bone, and they always are looking for kind of the easy way out. Comfort is king. So here is an ungodly self-reliance on comfort. Yes. And the way I look at that one is, um, why do today what can be done tomorrow? And so it's just um, really putting off things and taking the easier path and the path of least resistance, whatever feels good, whatever is more comfortable than that reigns. Um, and against even better judgment or even the um, outcomes that that will have in the future. And so, so the procrastinator the is a good symptom. You know, I've come up with other symptoms you can tell. And, and folks, I must tell you, if you're sitting here thinking about your spouse or your kids or your coworker, and oh, that's their sin. Stop, stop. You know, this is about being more self-reflective. This is Lent. We want you to be, you know, kind of tune it back in on yourself um, and start thinking about it from that aspect. But there are certain types of symptoms, too, that you can start to spot. Um, I do this with my children because as they're, you know, the first teacher, I want to try and coach them. I don't tell them, oh, this is your root sin. No, no. It's like, no, stop. Take responsibility. You're complaining. That's a sign. You know, I don't say that's a sign of your sensuality, but it is a symptom of not being fully alive in Jesus at the moment. Right. Okay. So, um Again, feelings rule. I think that's one of the best ways to do the sensual. The sensual, because I've seen people that are uh, vain and sensual, and their house has all the greatest creature comforts you could possibly have. You know, so it's really interesting. There's all kind of little combinations that that go into it. But who are you? You know, I'm asking you, listeners. Do you feel like you have 
too much self-reliance, ungodly self-reliance on yourself? Do you put too much weight on um, humans' opinions of you? That desire for human respect, is that what drives you? Or does comfort, like the seeking of comfort, really drive you? Interesting thing I want to kind of break down here a little bit too then is it's interesting how the seven deadly sins manifest within these um, these three. Now, there's definitely crossovers, but there's definitely some predominant ones. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. So, you know, we're all familiar with the seven deadly. And so the way they manifest themselves, again, there's a lot of nuances um, to this. But again, I really believe in the power of denominating something to begin to wrestle and understand it. And our brain is is wired to like things in either threes or fives. And so therefore, the categories of the um, pride, uh, sensuality, and vanity really help in terms of creating understanding. But with vanity, what usually falls under there can be the root sin of um, envy and greed. And that's because one is desiring to be more in the eyes of others. And therefore, the vanity comes into place, the it, greed as well. Let me slow you down just a second because I'm going to jump in on some of those. Um now, folks, when you hear the word greed, you think of the greedy old miser from Scrooge, right? Okay, well, let me let me just try and delineate it again, like Miranda says, trying to break it down a little bit more. Do you stress out about money? <gasps> Are you really stressed? You think God's not in the middle of that? That's a type of manifestation of greed. So I really encourage you, if you stress a lot, a lot about money, to take it to the confessional and say, you know, Father, I just want to confess the sin of greed um, because I have taken God out of it. I'm just really relying on myself and God's not there. And I want God back in that area of my life. So that's with greed. And you said envy? Envy would be the other, yeah. Yeah, that's that's like, why does she have it and I don't? You know, just a simple thing. In, and that can manifest as, go- as gossip. Well, we could do a whole nother show on gossip and how we use words. Right. So very important. Um, how we use our words, folks, is really important. Uh, but an envious person oftentimes would really go down that path. I think gossip would definitely be a spinoff from other things. I mean, we did mention with pride, but it's there. I mean, I think hardly a person that's human. Uh, there are few of us, that, not us, few of them <laughs> that don't struggle with some form of uh, detraction and gossip and so forth. But um, yeah, so that's on the sensuality part. So that's the root sins, excuse me, the seven deadly sins as applied to them. So we're going to kind of break that down a little bit more slowly for you there too. So. Right. And then in terms of pride, um, the root sins that fit under there are pride in itself and then anger as well. Those are the two that we see under pride. And anger, again, can has a range. And so when you look at um, different emotions that we have, they all have a range. And at the most venial end of it is just annoyance or frustration with something. And at the highest intensity of anger would be rage. And so anywhere in that spectrum um, is anger. So when you think of anger, it doesn't mean the person that's turning red and yelling. Um, but it could just be a person who's constantly being frustrated and annoyed by others. And um, anger is an interesting emotion, just as many of them are. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, anger, the body processes anger in about 90, 90 minutes, 90 minutes, 90 seconds, 90 seconds. And yet how many people, you know, feed that, continuously feed that anger, you know, for throughout the day, for days, for weeks, for months, for years, 
you know, and so that that's the factor of our human brokenness um, feeding into those things because emotions by themselves are not necessarily bad or good. They just are. Mm -hmm. But it's really the meaning um, that we assign to them and what we do and how we fuel and nurture them. Let me say, let me ask this question, too, because this was really enlightening for me is the difference between feelings and emotions. Yes. Yes. So I, I love, you know, exploring that whole concept. So um, the best way I heard it expressed was that um, emotions play out in the theater of the body and feelings play out in the theater of the mind. Mm. And so we are all going to experience emotions. So let's say that um, there's two individuals uh, going up to do public speaking, for example, and they may feel the exact same thing in the body. So the heartbeat might start accelerating. Um, they may be concerned that they may forget what they're going to say. Um, they may have a lot of concerns of like, am I going to come across clearly? All of that will be crossing their minds and they will feel probably some of the same things in their body. But one person um, may decide to see it differently and have a paradigm shift with that and say, oh, this means that I care. This means that I care about my audience. This means that I care about the material I'm about to cover. And and I know that within about two, three minutes, I'm going to be at ease and comfortable and all of that. And so that person's going to have a much more pleasant experience. Whereas the other one that continues to fuel what the body is signaling um, will probably not and might even choke during that situation, which means, you know, that they won't perform well. Mm. Um, so that whole concept of um, choking in terms of professional performance or athletic performance is, is what happens. Now, and repeat so, that one more time. I think it's a very important thing. So the choking is related to your to, feeling or your emotion or both? To the feelings. So okay. we may have the same exact emotions in the body, mm -hmm. but what we tell ourselves, so what is going on in the brain, the meaning we assign um, what we do with our thoughts, then that's determining the feelings. And out mm. of our feelings, we act. Our behavior. Yes. Mm -hmm. So one one may be acting like, okay, I know that this just helps me get my game on. And so they're going to perform Literally, well. Which I'm glad you use that because as we were talking before, I use volleyball so much so. And we really had this issue with the girls on Saturday where they would have a few bad hits and their whole demeanor changed and they just, I can't do this. And, and, um, so we kind of had a powwow and talked about, Hey, you know, that one's behind you. You focus on that. You're going to keep repeating it. You got to focus forward. You know, so it was, it was and and folks, Oh, the other thing that, that Miranda, um, has taught me in the past that I love and really want everyone to know about is how your brain is wired toward the negative. Can you talk to about that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so that's, you know, one of the reasons that countering sin is so difficult. And I think a beautiful, um, you know, picture of that comes from the venerable Louis of Granada or Luis de Granada, um, the sinner's guide, if anybody's interested in a, in a good read about that. And Wait, is this a, is this a guide to how to be sinful? That's what it sounds like. Well, <laughs> the sinner. We're, we're already experts in that. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yes. All right, we're already experts. You know, Pam and I, or I could write the <laughs> me book too, on that me one. Me too. Me <laughs> too. So every day, for sure. Um, and he puts this beautifully: to turn a river from its course is hardly more laborious than to change a life confirmed by inveterate habits. The world, as powerful as it is cruel, will wage a fierce war against you. Armed with its pleasures and bad examples, it will hasten to compass your downfall. At one time, it will seek to cap captivate your heart with its pomp and vanities. At, at another time, it will strive to entangle you in the net of its ways and maxims. Again, it will boldly attack, attack you with ridicule, raillery, and persecution. 
the devil himself, the arch deceiver, will renew his warfare and turn all his forces against you, enraged at your desertion from his party. He will leave nothing undone to ruin you. Mm. And so it, it's quite a battle. So, you know, countering root sin um, is not for the faint of heart. It is not. And once you decide to do that, then you have a lot to contend with. So it's not only external forces, but there's also the internal forces that you mentioned, like our brain. Um, so our brain is, you know, wired for survival and self-preservation. And we have, we produce about 70,000 thoughts a day. And the majority of those are negative. Um, and so the brain is like, again, always wired for preservation. That's of self-reputation or whatever it may be and survival. So we're not contending with survival like we used to in, t- in terms of um, our know, physical exactly, survival. Exactly. Right? So now it's more on, on reputation, on things that bring us recognition and, and things and how we look to others. Mm-hmm. And so basically the root sends. And so that's what we're contending with. And our brain is a beautiful instrument that is designed for many things, but primarily it is beautiful in terms of learning. Um, so it can learn. Uh, but then again, what you feed it is what it learns. And so that's where the caution needs to happen. Yeah, let me slow you down there. What you feed it is what you learn. Yes. What are you watching on television? What are you using with your smartphone? What are you feeding your brain? You know, one of the old things they used to say when the computers first came out was garbage in, garbage out. And that is so true today with our little brains, with our children's brains and so forth like that. So really monitor your consumption Absolutely. with the eyes, the ears, mouth, everything. What is your consumption like? Is there some purity in it? So right. go ahead. And keep right. going on that line. And the other thing that the brain does beautifully is to automate. Um, and so it is beautiful at making, you know, connections in the brain. So new pathways that allow automation of many things. So when you're driving, when you're brushing your teeth, all of those things do not take much willpower or much thought or cognitive capacity on your part because your brain has already just established those like a perfect path. Um, so you can kind of envision like some cows were walking down a pasture and just walking down the same trail. The more they walk down that trail, the more the the grass is going to disappear and the Mm -hmm. path is going to be really built in. Um, So in essence, that's what our brain is doing. It's forming these um, amazing, powerful connections with whatever we're connecting. So Mm -hmm. we can connect it for good or we can make connections for things that aren't. Um, And that's why the countering the sin takes, like I said, a lot of self-awareness, consciousness, determination, um, to be able to counter that. And it's fortitude. A, yes. And it's a human condition, but it cannot be accomplished at a human right. level. And that's where mercy and grace and, you know, forgiveness, um, all of that. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say that, you know, when I talk to my teenagers about it, I'm like, you know, you're wi- you're wired for the negative and you can see that in your comments and so forth. But um, we are a people of the resurrection. We believe in Jesus Christ, the resurrected. And it is up to us to rewire toward the positive, to bring more of Christ's love to the planet, you know, to to have his healing love with one another. So how do we rewire our brains for the positive? And I think this is a really great start is with Root Sin. So if you're listening and you have any questions, please call us in. Call in at 855 855- Six eight three seven three three two. We would love to field any questions you may have on root sin, um, any manifestations. You think, well, what is this? So we, we work with manifestations too, which I touched on just a little bit. Complaining is a symptom of um, sensuality. Um, the other ones are starting to really, you know, anger. Obviously, being the a symptom of pride. 
and um, being critical, judgmental mm-hmm. would also be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Right. And vanity. Oh, this is a good one. You get your feelings hurt pretty easily. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a symptom uh, because I think when you're really wholehearted and rooted in who you are in Christ, um, you can look at everything practically and the feelings hurt is not so much of a thing. Right. You right. look at your personal responsibility and so forth and so on. Yes. So I um, want to encourage people. So Pam, you said earlier at the top of the show that you were going to kind of wrap up I by know, giving us some that. practical tips yeah, for how to time. combat root sin yep. to Already there. do yes. some gardening, yeah, if you will. Thank you for watching that time clock. I still thought I had two minutes before the 10 minute mark. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we are doing this in, in a series, right? So we're right. just touching. We're just scratching. This is just your intro folks. We're going to have another one. Yeah. We're, we're going to go in and probably dig deeper into them um, and help, help you be more introspective. And folks, you know, you really need to do that hard work. If you keep have told Jesus, Jesus, I want to take it to the next level. What can I do to take it to the next level? This type of introspection does it. This is the hard work. I've had people who were introduced to this and cried for a week afterwards once they started to see it so readily in front of them. It was so tough to look at. But if we want to become more like Christ, to be his truly his followers, um, we need to do this hard work. Mm-hmm. Okay. That being said, pride. What's the main focus to, to, to counteract pride? Well, humility, obviously. And so what, one of the things in, when I'm working with individuals on making behavior changes is that it's really difficult to say, I'm not going to be an angry person or I'm not going to be a prideful person. And that's my goal um, because we really can't measure that. And so things need to be measurable, simple, that you can be able to count and to really tell in a quantitative or qualitative way. It could be just journaling, you know, how did I do with this particular sin? Um, But that would be practicing humility. And the way that's done is um, just giving credit, even if you're in in your own mind. Um, So if you are given a compliment um, to really examine and say, okay, did I, did I really contribute to that in that way? Are they really seeing something or was it something that's attributed to somebody else Mm -hmm. and giving credit to others? And say, okay, yeah, that was, um, you know, my husband helped me with that or my team at work um, really helped make that happen. And so that's the willingness to give credit to others. And then to be also to give credit to God. And and if it's true that uh, individuals are seeing this in me or that I have this talent or this capability, um, it's not my own. And it's a borrowed gift that I am supposed to use Mm. at the service of others. And so recognizing that just a simple shift in how you think of it right. would be a baby step. Well, the other one I like to to talk about, too, with some of my um, my friends who really struggle with anger issues is also surrendering to the holy will of God. So God's will is in and around us at every moment of every time. And to fight, I mean, you're constantly fighting the way something is. Well, God's providence is in there somewhere. So surrender to God's providence and look what he's allowed and yes, sometimes it's the bad behavior of people, but other times it's just providential. So relax, surrender. What is Where is God in the middle of all this to try and calm that right, anger? Right. One thing that I, I do, because this is the one that I contend with often, um, is just changing my language and in terms of I get to. I get to do this. So like if there's something going on, I have five children. If there's something going on that's getting to me, you know, just to stop and say, wow, I get to deal with this issue and I get to have the five kids making a mess in the house right after I've cleaned up or something like Mm -hmm. that. And so just shifting that in terms of gratitude, because research has shown that gratitude really counters 
any type of depression, any type of anxiety that we have in our lives. And so shifting it, it's like, God, you let me have this. You let me have this, that I get to do this. And so that's one tangible thing that's helpful, begins to shift. Mm -hmm. I get to do this. That's right. And as someone who has um, the years of raising little children is behind me, I see that today and thought, I mean, while it, it is one of absolutely the most beautiful type of suffering that we can do, it's a redemptive suffering for our kids, childbirth, child rearing, all for another soul, the care and keeping of their soul. What a gift that is. So I try and tell everyone who has young children, it doesn't last forever. And they know that. So enjoy those moments. But right. let's go ahead and move on to vanity. Vanity. You want me and to speak on that yes, one? Yes. Like <laughs> you jump in wherever you want. Uh, I would say that um, I had to really start to ask myself the question as we, we started out with earlier was, um, what is my purity of intention? In other words, what's my motivation for doing that? What is, what is my real motivation for doing that? And um, I like to use this uh, example one time where it was one of the first times I actually rose up and did the right thing. <laughs> the one time. Yeah. Really. Oh, it was tough. So I was asked to, to help with a church program at one of at my parish uh, by a deacon. And I did not want to tell the deacon. No, he asked me, I was so flattered. That was so awesome. And uh, it turned out that when I really started to look at my purity of tension in that, um, number one, it was to please the deacon. It was to, um, look good. And what, what the Holy Spirit was whispering on the other side is, um, that's going to take away from some of your family time. Um, your vocation is as a wife and mother, and that will take away from that. And the Holy Spirit was kind of like, no, I don't want you to do this. And I said, really? Ah, and I went back and told the deacon, no, I can't do that. And that that was really a turning point for me of um, really trying, you know, prudence is, is a big one. And, and I'm going to talk about prudence a lot on my next show with uh, Sister Rafaela. But prudence is so very, very important when we're talking about any of these um, root sins. But vanity, vanity, especially um, just taking time to discern. Mm-hmm. So in, in the leadership coaching that I do, especially with women, um, this comes up, you know, often um, in terms of assertiveness and the challenges they have with that. And something to note here is just a quick thing to just run through your mind. So there's this concept called reality testing. What is the reality of what's going on minus the emotions aside? And so that helps you really understand that things aren't personal. And that goes a long ways with helping the issue of vanity. And just to stop and simply say, you know, really what I'm when you're thinking about, I'm worried how I'm going to come across or what are people thinking if I embark on this project or don't do this or don't do that or do that is to just simply remind yourself that probably nobody's really thinking about you at that That's moment. That's true. Yeah. I mean, we're so very true. eye-centered, but maybe our mother, you know, our parents, you know, may have some thoughts of us constantly throughout the day. But aside from that, most people are just about their business and they're not really being so mindful about what decision you're making or how you look or what you're doing um, for the most part. And I find that very helpful with kids, especially middle school, uh, middle school, early high school. You know, it's like, they all think this. They, they're not even thinking about you, honey. They aren't. They're too involved in themselves. They're not thinking about that. Yeah. Yes, they are. But it helps to really uh, diffuse that a little bit. Yeah. 
Yes. All right. And then now to our friend sensuality. Sensuality. Um, So sensuality is, um, this one may not sound um, as easy to do because fasting, the practice of fasting from whatever it is, will begin to develop that self-control that is needed. And so in terms of of food or um, if you say you're going to exercise X number of times a week um, to go ahead and do that, uh, to go to do your hour of adoration a week, you know, and just kind of following through with commitments um, begins to just hone in on that capacity to counter yeah. sensuality because sensuality is allowing the flesh to control. And so just anything that helps counter that. Well, and the two little taglines I can say for that one too is um, choose the lesser. When you have an opportunity to choose a finer thing or a lesser thing, choose the lesser. And I love the phrase, do hard things. Because that is really about overcoming ourselves in a culture now that we have, you know, feelings are king, do what's comfortable, do what you like, do however you feel. Um, I think that doing some of these little things like drinking your coffee black. (laughs) Again, that's my wife came up with that. I'm just Uh, jumping on board. It's not anything I came up with. And, you know, another thing that um, the students here at St. Mary's have all done a really good job of being example of that kind of thing is not using the kneelers as a form of penance. It's Mm. a it's a physical sacrifice. Um, And I dare say, you know. Folks, one of the best ways you can deprive yourself is eat more vegetables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or drink green smoothies. There you oh, go. There you or go. drink pond scum. <laughs> pond scum. But I like the pond scum, so it doesn't Well, maybe count. you should give it up. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I gave kidding. up bad food for pond scum. How sad. Well, Miranda, we're just about done with the show. Can you believe it? Wow. Went by quickly. I'm glad we will cover this a couple more times yep. and go a little bit deeper and at least give some people an, an opportunity to think about it and just kind of reflect, how is this manifesting in my right. life? So, um, Miranda, as we're wrapping up here, I'm, I don't want to, I don't mean to step on you like this, Pam, but you just might, since you're, you guys are buddies, you might not think to ask this, but where can people, how can people get in touch with you? How can they follow you, uh, your work? Do you have any workshops? Just, you know, give us all that sort of, sort of thing as we wrap up. Right. Um, I, the best place is my website. So it's www.miranous.com. A little French pronunciation. Yes. Um, so Webster's Dictionary, you know, see the wisdom, French, see us. And so it really makes sense with the work that I, that I do. And I do work with emotional intelligence now as well. I just got certified in that uh, personal leadership development coaching and um, energy leadership, which is another way to look at um, how our attitudes, behaviors, and um, attitudes, behaviors uh, that we manifest in the world. And so I'm really about the business of helping the individual refine and sharpen themselves in order to make a more meaningful contribution in their personal and professional life. And so that's kind of what um, falls under my realm. And especially your... Our, our listeners especially would want to come to you because they're going to get somebody who's a professional who's going to bring their Catholic faith into yes. what they do. Yes, absolutely. So I, I meet clients where they are, and if they are faith-based, we go from there. And if not, then I meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Stay tuned next month. Uh, I will be t- talking to Sister Rafaela. Again, we're going to continue with this theme of human formation. So stay tuned and we'll get back in the future. So until then, go and love your neighbor. Yeah.